section eleven part one chapter two continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain the last adventure of his life desnoyers suspected his abdication upon hearing him admit his age for the first time he did not intend to return to the capital it was all false glitter existence in the country surrounded by all his family and doing good to the poor was the only sure thing and the terrible centaur expressed himself with the idyllic tenderness and firm virtue of seventy-five years already insensible to temptation after his scene with karl he had increased the german's salary trying as usual to counteract the effects of his violent outbreaks with generosity that which he could not forget was his dependent's nobility constantly making it the subject of new jests that glorious boast had brought to his mind the genealogical trees of the illustrious ancestry of his prize cattle the german was a pedigreed fellow and thenceforth he called him by that nickname seated on summer nights under the awning he surveyed his family around him with a sort of patriarchal ecstasy in the evening hush could be heard the buzzing of insects and the croaking of the frogs from the distant ranches floated the songs of the peons as they prepared their suppers it was harvest time and great bands of immigrants were encamped in the fields for the extra work madariaga had known many of the hard old days of wars and violence upon his arrival in south america he had witnessed the last years of the tyranny of rosas he loved to enumerate the different provincial and national revolutions in which he had taken part but all this had disappeared and would never return these were the times of peace work and abundance just think of it frenchy he said driving away the mosquitoes with the puffs of his cigar i am spanish you french karl german my daughters argentinians the cook russian his assistant greek the stable-boy english the kitchen servants chinas natives galicians or italians and among the peons there are many castes and laws and yet we all live in peace in europe we would probably have been in a grand fight by this time but here we are all friends he took much pleasure in listening to the music of the laborers laments from italian songs to the accompaniment of the accordion spanish guitars and creole choruses wild voices chanting of love and death this is a regular noah's ark exulted the vainglorious patriarch he means the tower of babel thought desnoyers to himself but it's all the same thing to the old man i believe he rambled on that we live thus because in this part of the world there are no kings and a very small army and mankind is thinking only of enjoying itself as much as possible thanks to its work i also believe that we live so peacefully because there is such abundance that everyone gets his share how quickly we would spring to arms if the rations were less than the people again he fell into reflective silence shortly after an 
announcing the result of his meditations be that as it may be we must recognize that here life is more tranquil than in the other world men are taken for what they are worth and mingle together without thinking whether they came from one country or another over here fellows do not come in droves to kill other fellows whom they do not know and whose only crime is that they were born in an unfriendly country man is a bad beast everywhere i know that but here he eats owns more land than he needs so that he can stretch himself and he is good with the goodness of a well-fed dog over there there are too many they live in heaps getting in each other's way and easily run amuck hurrah for peace frenchy and the simple life where a man can live comfortably and runs no danger of being killed for things he doesn't understand there is his real homeland and as though an echo of the rustic's reflections karl seated at the piano began chanting in a low voice one of beethoven's hymns we sing the joy of life we sing of liberty we'll ne'er betray our fellow-man though great the guerdon be peace a few days afterward desnoyers recalled bitterly the old man's illusion for war domestic war broke loose in this idyllic stage setting of ranch life run senor manager the old patron has unsheathed his knife and is going to kill the german and desnoyers had hurried from his office warned by the peon's summons madariaga was chasing karl knife in hand stumbling over everything that blocked his way only his son-in-law dared to stop him and disarm him that shameless pedigreed fellow bellowed the livid old man as he writhed in desnoyers firm clutch half famished all he thinks he has to do is come to my house and take away my daughters and dollars let me go i tell you let me loose that i may kill him and in order to free himself from desnoyers he tried further to explain the difficulty he had accepted the frenchman as a husband for his daughter because he was to his liking modest honest and serious but this singing pedigreed fellow with all his airs he was a man that he had gotten from well he didn't wish to say just where and the frenchman though knowing perfectly well what his introduction to karl had been pretended not to understand him as the german had by this time made good his escape the ranchman consented to being pushed toward his house talking all the time about giving a beating to the romantica and another to the china for not having informed him of the courtship he had surprised his daughter and the gringo holding hands and exchanging kisses in a grove near the house he's after my dollars howled the irate father he wants america to enrich him quickly at the expense of the old spaniard and that is the reason for so much truckling so much psalm singing and so much nobility impostor musician and he repeated the word musician with contempt as though it were the sum and substance of everything vile very firmly and with few words desnoyers brought the wrangling to an end while her brother-in-law protected her retreat the romantica clinging to her mother had taken refuge in the top of the house sobbing and moaning oh the poor little fellow everybody against him her sister meanwhile was exerting all the powers of a discreet daughter with the rampageous old man in the office and desnoyers had gone in search of karl finding that he had not yet recovered from the shock of his terrible surprise he gave him a horse 
advising him to betake himself as quickly as possible to the nearest railway station although the german was soon far from the ranch he did not long remain alone in a few days the romantica followed him isolt of the white hands went in search of tristan the knight this event did not cause madariaga's desperation to break out as violently as his son-in-law had expected for the first time he saw him weep his gay and robust old age had suddenly fallen from him the news having clapped ten years on to his fourscore like a child whimpering and tremulous he threw his arms around desnoyers moistening his neck with tears he has taken her away that son of a great flea he has taken her away this time he did not lay all the blame on his china he wept with her and as if trying to console her by a public confession kept saying over and over it's my fault it has all been because of my very very great sins now began for desnoyers a period of difficulties and conflicts the fugitives on one of his visits to the capital threw themselves on his mercy imploring his protection the romantica wept declaring that only her brother-in-law the most knightly man in the world could save her karl gazed at him like a faithful hound trusting in his master these trying interviews were repeated on all his trips then on returning to the ranch he would find the old man ill-humored moody looking fixedly ahead of him as though seeing invisible power and wailing it's my punishment the punishment for my sins the memory of the discreditable circumstances under which he had made karl's acquaintance before bringing him into his home tormented the old centaur with remorse some afternoons he would have a horse saddle going full gallop toward the neighboring village but he was no longer hunting hospitable ranches he needed to pass some time in the church speaking alone with the images that were there only for him since he had footed the bills for them through my sin through my very great sin but in spite of his self-reproach desnoyers had to work very hard to get any kind of a settlement out of the old penitent whenever he suggested legalizing the situation and making the necessary arrangements for their marriage the old tyrant would not let him go on do what you think best but don't say anything to me about it several months passed by one day the frenchman approached him with a certain air of mystery elena has a son and has named him julio after you and you you great useless hulk stormed the ranchman and that weak cow of a wife of yours you dare to live tranquilly on without giving me a grandson ah frenchy that is why the germans will finally overwhelm you you see it right here that bandit has a son while you after four years of marriage nothing i want a grandson do you understand that and in order to console himself for this lack of little ones around his own hearth he betook himself to the ranch of his overseer celedonio where a band of little half-breeds gathered tremblingly and hopefully about him suddenly china died the poor misia petrona passed away as discreetly as she had lived trying even in her last hours to avoid all annoyance for her husband asking his pardon with an imploring look for any trouble which her death might cause him 
elena came to the ranch in order to see her mother's body for the last time and desnoyers who for more than a year had been supporting them behind his father-in-law's back took advantage of this occasion to overcome the old man's resentment well i'll forgive her said the ranchman finally i'll do it for the sake of my poor wife and for you she may remain on the ranch and that shameless gringo may come with her but he would have nothing to do with him the german was to be an employee under desnoyers and they could live in the office building as though they did not belong to the family he would never say a word to karl but scarcely had the german returned before he began giving him orders rudely as though he were a perfect stranger at other times he would pass by him as though he did not know him upon finding elena in the house with his oldest daughter he would go on without speaking to her in vain his romantica transfigured by maternity improved all opportunities for putting her child in his way calling him loudly by name julio julio they want that brat of a singing gringo that carrot-top with a face like a skinned kid to be my grandson i prefer celedonios and by way of emphasizing his protest he entered the dwelling of his overseer scattering among his dusky brood handfuls of dollars after seven years of marriage the wife of desnoyers found that she too was going to become a mother her sister already had three sons but what were they worth to madariaga compared to the grandson that was going to come it will be a boy he announced positively because i need one so it shall be named julio and i hope that it will look like my poor dead wife since the death of his wife he no longer called her the china feeling something of a posthumous love for the poor woman who in her lifetime had endured so much so timidly and silently now my poor dead wife cropped out every other instant in the conversation of the remorseful ranchman his desires were fulfilled luisa gave birth to a boy who bore the name of julio and although he did not show in his somewhat sketchy features any striking resemblance to his grandmother still he had the black hair and eyes and olive skin of a brunette welcome this was a grandson in the generosity of his joy he even permitted the german to enter the house for the baptismal ceremony when julio desnoyers was two years old his grandfather made the rounds of his estates holding him on the saddle in front of him he went from ranch to ranch in order to show him to the copper-colored populace like an ancient monarch presenting his heir later on when the child was able to say a few words he entertained himself for hours at a time talking with the tot under the shade of the eucalyptus tree a certain mental failing was beginning to be noticed in the old man although not exactly in his dotage his aggressiveness was becoming very childish even in his most affectionate moments he used to contradict everybody and hunt up ways of annoying his relatives come here you false prophet he would say to julio you are a frenchy the grandchild protested as though he had been insulted his mother had taught him that he was an argentinian and his father had suggested that she also add spanish in order to please the grandfather very well then if you are not a frenchy shout down with napoleon 
and he looked around him to see if desnoyers might be near believing that this would displease him greatly but his son-in-law pursued the even tenor of his way shrugging his shoulders down with napoleon repeated julio and he instantly held out his hand while his grandfather went through his pockets end of section eleven recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico